are y'all a barbecue sauce proponent like on your barbecue or is good barbecue like you shouldn't need the barbecue sauce sauce can help it but the true test of good barbecue i'm not saying i've ever made brisket that's this good but the best barbecue has no need of the sauce yeah okay i feel like i feel like Hmm. So, for example, when I eat French fries, French fries at some point just become a way to get ketchup into my mouth. Right. <laughs> it's right. just the vessel and that or gets, ranch. Yes. Or, or, or whatever yeah. the dip yeah. sauce yep. is to, yep. gravy. to feed me, or gravy. But with barbecue, the sauce can enhance, as long as you're just like, you know, as long as you're not doing that. It's not, barbecue right. for me is not like, a, okay, I want to get barbecue sauce. But if it has a little bit of extra flavor that adds to the mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I feel that way about um, soy sauce. I feel like people put way too much soy sauce on everything that oh, it's requires like, soy sauce. On yeah, it. so salty. It's it just is, so it's much. It's an extreme flavor profile. Yeah, like yeah. even like dipping sushi in it, it's like almost too much flavor, you and then it the becomes sushi. you lose the sushi in just salt. The sushi like, just <laughs> becomes a proponent for salt. Yeah, it becomes a French fry. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there is you know like Randy Pickcock smokes amazing brisket. And makes really good homemade sauce, mm-hmm. right? And so his combination, I'm all game That's for. That's a good combination and, and, and when you get both of those. Yeah, it, I'm game. But I always, the, the brisket snob in me, taste the brisket <laughs> on its own first. first. Before. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, if you got to slather this, it, it it's not good. Yeah. I also go back and forth between, like, really vinegary, thin barbecue sauce. I can, mm-hmm. like, I can, like, both of the, I can like both of them. Or the really thick, almost, like, ketchup consistency mm-hmm. yeah. barbecue sauce. Sugar driven. Yeah, I can yeah, like both of them. And again, it depends on what you're having. Um, yeah, what what what, what meat? Yeah, what what's hmm. going on with it? Is it? Sausage or meat or whatever? Pulled pork is different. It's not a Kiefer conversation. Kiefer's so in on really this <laughs> <laughs> I've already made my sauce know, comment. Okay, so are y'all all familiar with like Franklin's Barbecue down in Austin? Oh yeah, very yeah. famous. Yeah. Like everyone stands in line. They make a vegan brisket. Ooh. And like I don't know if Franklin's I've ever is. Really well known for their brisket, so I would trust them if anyone's going to figure out how to make. How about the Burger King? Uh, I had that yesterday. I had it yesterday for the first time, and it was pretty good. I actually like. I was with a group of friends, and so like I had it, and then like realized I was eating. It's been a minute since I've like eaten a burger like at all, so it was like I realized I was eating this burger and had to be like wait, hold on. I'm like eating a burger and I had to like double check and somebody had to take a bite of it for me. It was like, a weird, not, it worry. was weird for a second. I thought I would, might have been like, did I just order a burger? And like, well, sorry. I mean, is any fast food burger actually meat anyways? Probably. I mean, not the kind of meat you meat. want it to be probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's all meat. My sister, oh, man. Oh, yeah. my yep. sister and I used to think that McDonald's chicken nuggets, like we legitimately thought they were made of human ears. Like that's what that is. Disgusting. We thought they were. That was like the image that we had. And I'm sorry for anybody that orders them and now has that yeah, image in their head. But no. that's like me and my sister would stay away from them because somebody. I think somebody told us they were made of ears, and we like completely believed them because they like kind of look like ears. Yeah, they're kind of they shaped like bit. ears. Now, if you watch the video that not good. McDonald's <laughs> Canada put out to give people a window into this, uh-huh. and I don't think they ever intended it to make the American market. But it is liquefied chicken. Yeah, oh yeah. It's molded yeah. and, you know, it, yeah. Even if it's not ears, it'll throw you off your game. Sure. Uh, well, 
Well, on that note, we've hit, <laughs> I think, something that can speak to our soul. Food speaks to our soul. Because what you didn't hear when Melissa brought up vegan brisket uh, was the look on Wesley's face. I'm going to start every... saying, like, the, oh, you guys eat meat? <laughs> that's how I'm going to speak about y'all's diets from now on. <laughs> oh, I'm all game for you to be vegan. I'm just saying... Let's not even try to make that brisket, right? Yeah. Um, but if anyone's going to do it, I trust Franklin's, Franklin's to, to do, do it. it. I'm honestly a proponent, though, of the whole, like, why are we trying to mimic meat? In the, like, we stopped eating it. Like, why did why do we have to make, like, vegan brisket? Like, yeah. it's just, it's like, you know, I don't know. At, at the vegan vert, let's just have plants and let them be plants. And, like, that's it. <laughs> we don't have to mimic anything else. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think what we're seeing here is the power of our food to speak to our soul, to grip us, to inspire deep opinions. And over the last couple of weeks, we've right. been wrestling uh, with another thing that can grip us, can inspire us, and can sponsor deep opinions. The music yes. that speaks to our soul. We got a oh, yeah. text message this morning. From one B. Wesley Vance, who I don't know if you've noticed that his voice has already been appearing on this podcast episode. I'm here. Also, uh, his facial expressions yeah. that we've tried to that capture for here. Let, yeah. But you, you finally settled on a song yeah. that we're bringing today. I did. And I was the first person to reply. And all I could reply was just, yes! Because I was so excited about the song I was super. Chose. I was super happy that, uh, that somebody was excited about my... Absolutely. About my choice. I was listening last night to the music selection, just trying to narrow it down, I guess, to mm-hmm. give us something to actually talk about. What I'm really looking forward to, too, is having some other input. Uh, yeah, and Daniel just proved Melissa wrong. Yeah. So she was actually technically second to oh, reply. Boy. She had the most exclamation points, so we will make sure she... You had no uh, exclamation Did I respond points. at all? I had did one. You? you had one. I had, thanks, Wesley. Thanks, uh, Wesley. And you went, yeah! Yeah, another insight into staff text messages. I've never emphasized a text message until I got into a group with Daniel and Melissa. I don't even know if you knew you could do this, but you can actually emphasize like yes. love or exclamation Ha-ha. points or laugh at or, or you question. can like or dislike it. And it's a good way to respond to the text mm-hmm. without having to write some. You always yeah. feel like maybe you have to write something, but if you emphasize it, you know that the person has already that you've seen, seen the text and acknowledged, and acknowledged it. that you've yeah. gotten it. Yeah. I think it's also worth noting that I did not respond to this group text, which is like Ouch. pretty much just how I am in group text, text messages <laughs> at all times. I will I will do the emphasis thing yeah, a lot. I don't scroll it. back up ever. My friends get mad at me about that one a lot. Yeah. I will like not catch up on group text. Well, so. I didn't I didn't actually know that it, that Melissa was going to be as excited as she was. I'm excited that she is, and I hope uh, Kiefer and Daniel. I am very excited as well. About it. Um, but what I'm looking Daniel forward to... Daniel just nodded. He, he yeah, can't he even yeah. form a word. I'm ready. No words. <laughs> what I'm excited for is, you know, you've probably talked about this maybe on previous podcasts when we've been doing this series, but what I'm really interested in is you've listened to the song enough, maybe for me, I'm saying, and you've kind of formed your opinion of this song mm-hmm. and to have other people listen to the song and tell you what they got from it or what they get differently I think is help because I love that kind of criticism of you listen to this and you hear this, you kind of get stuck in the rut. And here's the, your shameless plug for like support groups or Sunday school classes or anything else where you can get together yeah. as a community and say, hey, this I see this this way, but here's also a different way that I've looked at it. Yeah. Um, and it challenges you to think about it in a different way, which I think is awesome. And also the same way, if you, if you all three of you say, 
I hear this and I say, yeah, me too. It just gives me that confidence mm-hmm. of I'm hearing the right thing and what I hear mm-hmm. speaks to me the same way it speaks to other people. And so I'm excited to listen to it with you guys so and get I your feedback. I feel like we've let the people wonder and guess what it's been long enough. What did you choose for us to listen to? So I, cho- I chose the duet uh, For Good from Wicked. Yes. And if you don't know the story of Wicked, uh, just a short synopsis, it's basically the prequel or the before story of Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And the two people that sing in this song for good are Glinda the Good Witch and Elphaba, who we know as the Wicked Witch. Mm. And it talks about the of the West. And it talks about their relationship and the whole story of Wicked is kind of their relationship, how they meet and go to school and how Elphaba's misunderstood and all this stuff and then they kind of have to part ways and they sing this song together as a duet that says for good and it talks about um, uh, let's see uh, who can say if I've been changed for the better but because I knew you I've been changed for good and I think there's also uh, there's a a lot of really other good topics and lines and one-liners that we can talk about that connect to Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. I'm just Kiefer. I almost said Pastor Kiefer. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a pastor. (laughs) I'm just Kiefer. And special guest. Be West Advance. The radio man is in the room, mm-hmm. and and we are encountering this really remarkable song, one I had heard before but not encountered in a while, right? It was not one that I sang with my college roommate back That's in the my day. Story. I know, I know, you're gonna get there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but it was, it is one where the lyric and the vocal and the story behind it are incredibly powerful. Wesley, can you give us a window into why this is your song? Why it is a song that grips you and what is it about it that grips you so powerfully? Sure. I think I think it really ties back to when you asked me to give my one sermon to preach. I was kind of, I was not really intentionally trying to tie it together, but you know, we kind of get on these paths of life where something's really yeah. drawing us to something. And I think just the relationship, I talked about relationships in my one sermon to preach. Mm-hmm. And I think listening to this song, I it, it, led me to a relationship side of how we're supposed to be in community with one another. Although this is a duet, I think it's it's wider than that. It's not mm. just, it doesn't have to be me and you, which is powerful. It is me and you, but it's also me and everyone else. And uh, there's, there's certain times where you can insert Jesus into this line or insert God is with you in this line. And if I know God, then this is how it's going to change my life. You know, mm. I don't know if I've been changed uh, for the better, but I know I've been changed for good. Mm. And later on in the later on in the lyric, if we talk about it a little bit later, there's another line that's kind of hits hits home with you. And I don't know. Here's just a little side bit. Daniel may have some of this as well. But when I don't know if when you have girls, when you have daughters, yeah, I feel like the first you have the first daughter, and there's like the the tear ducts that you didn't have before. <laughs> Somehow, when you have that first child and or daughter. Absolutely. It starts to form and function the way it never has before, and then you have two, and then you have three, and it's like, why am I crying at everything? I don't. I thought I was a man. I don't understand why I'm crying. You're and, on your own on three. I can't yeah, speak to three, but there is this. You, 
I think sometimes even in watching the relationship between the two, right, there are things that bring you to your knees mm-hmm. um, and, and, and bring you to tears that um, you just – you. I know for me, it's a development of a knack for noticing things that you may not have just noticed yeah. before. Right? Yeah, and I was listening um, to this song, and we are talking about how powerful things are, and I was trying to de-syn- de- uh, de-synthesize? Desensitize. I don't know what you're, where you're going. I don't yeah. know what the yeah. word is. Desensitize. Like, where you're not yes. going to cry. I was trying to desensitize myself. I, say, I still can't say it. Right. <laughs> it's okay. It's one I was of those try- words. I was listening to the song a number of times this morning to try to get myself prepared to not have the <laughs> chills and like the tearing up in your eye just because it kind of gives me that feeling mm. of mm. of community and friendship and how important yeah. they are totally. to each other and how people come into our lives for a reason and I truly believe that whether it's for a short moment or it's for a long period of time people are here they shaped our lives Jesus has had a hand in all of that and it's it's a powerful I just think it speaks powerfully to the way our lives work every day On that note, we want for you to take a moment to hear some of For Good. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason, bringing something we must learn, and we are led to those who help us most grow if we let them. And we help them in return Well, I don't know if I believe that's true But I know I'm who I am today Because I knew you Like a comet pulled from orbit As it passes a sun Like a stream that meets a boulder Daniel referenced, uh, I love this song. Um, and it's because in, in college, Wicked was, you know, big on Broadway. You couldn't really get tickets to it still. And my roommate and I, we would sing this song. It was one of the songs I can remember singing in the car over and over again. But the funny part is, is if you know about me, and I say this pretty often around here, I feel like, is mm-hmm. we've got a lot of really talented musicians and singers on this staff. And that is not me. Um, I have a very limited range that you could call an alto, maybe more so call a tenor's range. Um, And yet somehow my roommate, who has a beautiful singing voice and is a soprano one Mm -hmm. when she's in choirs, she took Elphaba's part, which is the lower of the two, (laughs) and was like, Melissa, you can do Glinda's part. You can sing this. And I never did. Well, I sang it. I just never sang it well. That's all right. But we would jam out. She wasn't making you be the Wicked Witch of the West. She wasn't. Exactly. Yeah, and she in her in her life she is more of a Glinda, like blonde, curly, bubbly personality. Um, so I was always like, "Why you gotta make me be? Are you? Why you gotta make me be Glinda now?" Um, so I I loved that. For me, when I came back to the song, I came back to it with all this flood of memories of 
of community and relationships, kind of like you referenced earlier, Wesley. And um, I love that this song, when I think about it from a theological framework, I think about how God puts us in those relationships and those communities, and sometimes they're really challenging. And the question that I think Christ has for us constantly and God has for us constantly um, kind of comes at the beginning of the song is like, and we're led to those who help us most to grow if we let them and we help them in return. Mm. So we can either, um, we're in a church, there are probably personality types that don't click around here. I don't know if y'all have ever run into that. Never in a, in a church capacity. Everybody is just perfect <laughs> Everyone's and the same. kind. What do you mean? And, and we could either, yeah. you know, just ignore it or um, choose not to engage it or we could choose to engage in it from a place where, like I think the song states, we both are better and we're changed by that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think if we think about all of our life, I mean, not just our church relationships, but the relationships that matter most to us in every sort of different stage, right? Yeah. There, in our work life, in our family life. And I mean, there are going to be things and people and moments that are challenging and difficult, and yet they can make us better. Uh, and I think the thing that goes unsaid here, right, is that those who help us most to grow, right, we often name that as the I had to go through this person or turmoil or time of, of heartache and then I rose up out of it and I learned from it and I grew from it. Sometimes the positive side of that is true, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you're bought into a relationship and, and they, the uplifting nature of it helps you grow and to be exactly what you've uh, been created to be. And so there's this kind of this duality there, right? That is this both and relationship that we're, we're drawn into that space, not just by the relationships that immediately lift us up, but also by those relationships that on the surface seem challenging. Uh, And I think those are, I think the deeply biblical thing to do is to take the lesson of this entire story of two people who, you know, if you know nothing about wicked, um, did not get along, you know, and it took a lot for them to come to this place. Um, And I think that's the, the more um, biblically grounded thing is to find those spaces. Whereas I think culturally we're, we're taught to lean away. Mm. Um, just ignore the person. We've got enough distractions. We're too busy to let them Canceled. have space. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, space or time or energy in our life. Well, everything mm. else in our life, we have the ability to choose exactly what we want all the time. When, when we went on vacation with the kids this summer, mm-hmm. the, the TV that was in the condo that we stayed in was just a normal TV, right? Mm-hmm. It had 40 or 50 channels, but it... It had no DVR. It didn't have Netflix attached to it. it. And and the kids were mystified that you had to watch what was on the TV, right, at any given point, right? right. You, you could change the channel, but we could be on HGTV, which mm-hmm. is one of their favorite channels, but you didn't get to pick whether you wanted... You know, you don't yeah. have all the episodes saved. You don't have my favorite episode of all time to right. click to right uh-huh. now. And we don't get to watch Good Bones, no, or whatever <laughs> it is, right? And, and and it, but everything in life, we have complete choice. Whether it's our music with Spotify mm-hmm. and other uh, places, mm-hmm. with, with our frankly with our preachers and our Christianity, yeah, you know, w- you've got the pick. And and don't take this as an invitation to stay home and open up your computer and watch somebody else. Um, <laughs> But frankly, we've got if, if there's somebody who you love from a preaching standpoint in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
You can watch them. Guess what? You can air quote worship with them any week of the world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, and yet the thing we cannot and just ignore the entire community, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just, uh, but the thing we cannot do as well, even though that temptation exists, is treat the human relationships of the people who are in our, in our midst the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's beautiful that you name that temptation that lives in all of us to go, man, Wesley, you're making me nuts today. I am just stepping out, right? And and to be clear, uh, Wesley and I don't have this conversation on a fairly regular basis. Fairly regular basis. Fairly regular, yeah, right. You know, that's only like twice yeah, a year. Yeah, just, just and, a few know, times. It's, it's just when the preacher makes you nuts. And I, you know, I understand. I own that. Um, but, you know, we can't embrace that way of being in relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the kind of relationship that is given here it is one that we're invited into. It's one that's biblical, as mm -hmm. you said. And I think it also invites us into that place of growing that it talks about. We don't grow by just pulling back and only sitting in our silo with people who do not challenge us in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just find ourselves in an echo chamber, mm -hmm. <laughs> quite literally. And, you know, I think uh, that is part of the struggle um, that exists in, in, in life for many humans today. Right? It's so easy to find our echo chamber, right? Whether it's you follow the right 50 people on Twitter or you're friends with this certain kind of person in your social media world, or you, you can build your own echo chamber where it feels like you're in connection with a good chunk of humanity, mm -hmm. but it's like looking in the mirror yeah. all the time, yeah. right? Um, relationally, ideologically, spiritually, you know, you're just getting a reflection back to you of what's already there. And if that's all you're getting, you're not growing. Yeah. Right? You're not being invited into a place of, of pushing forward and, and expanding. So right? I feel like <clears throat> I have to ask the question that's been on my mind. Because, yes, I was very excited that this was the song because I enjoy musicals. Uh, but did Daniel pay you some money, Wesley, to choose this song? Because I do feel like it is an extension of his favorite song that we did last week on the podcast. In it, some it, ways. Is. it is. Really? Yeah. No, no, uh, we, we had not, we had not talked about it. No, no uh, monies has changed wait, hands. Wait, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. This was a nice underhanded toss of a song to Daniel to, it to because like, knock you know, your, pastorally. your song was this mantra, this to version yeah. of, you know, when mm -hmm. I look into my, um, to enemies, the face of my enemy. Mm -hmm, I see my brother, yeah. I see my brother. Mm -hmm. And in here, I feel like you actually get a template for what you do when you find mm. yourself looking, um, in the face of your enemy. And, um, when Alphabet sings and just to clear the air, I ask forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for. And then, you know, Glinda responds, but then I guess we know there's blame to share. And they both mm. say, and none of it seems to matter anymore. Uh, and that kind of gets back to that, you know, the, humani um, the humanity that you see in people when you're engaged with people. And I think the way that um, Christ, you know, had this way of, of bringing those kinds of people mm. together to stare into one another and you kind of have to go, oh, they're all so human over there. Or, yeah. you know, instead of just talking, you know, from the um, phil the philosopher's white ivory tower, but actually having to get down and dig your hands into the muck and mud of actually being with people um, and not just in your echo chambers. Yeah, right? well, because I think the thing I love about this interchange that you have lifted up for us is that it acknowledges that sometimes even the best relationships 
are messy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is, well, I guess we know that there is blame to share, right? Yeah. This, nobody's ever perfect, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, uh, even in, in our, the most healthy of relationships, there, there are places and times where things don't go exactly according to plan or what you would expect. And, and yet what we see modeled as, as health here, right, is what we see it is not the absence of messiness, but dealing with it really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, being able to, to own your piece of it, but also offer grace always um, to the other and, and their piece of it as well. Yeah. Um, to, to, to be fair, to answer your first question that you asked of Wesley, uh-huh. if, if I paid him yeah. this week, uh, I did not uh, give him money for this. We call that in the church the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit has moved and spoken. Man. Man. Gosh, it happens Holy more Spirit. often than you would know. <laughs> Wesley, I feel like Daniel and I have talked a lot, and, you know, Kiefer has just been chattering away. I have, uh, yeah, y'all mm-hmm. haven't looked at me enough. We haven't looked at you enough. Um, to be fair, four Four voices starts to get a little bit like, I want to hear, I get almost, anytime we do this, I get into like, I'm, I feel like I listen to so many podcasts. I just get into like listening mode mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm now listening to these three right. people talk. Well, now <laughs> let's listen to Wesley. Wesley, like I, you chose the song, you, you've lifted up some of your own thoughts um, on it, but I wonder, is there a piece that we haven't lifted up that you're like, why aren't they talking about this? Or you kind of referenced um, at the beginning that you know you you've kind of came back to the song like when you first heard the song you weren't looking at it or listening to it from a theological lens so now putting that lens on it yeah what do you hear yeah it feels a little bit different and i think that's what this series has led us to that's what you both have been asking of us to do is take these songs that we've heard walk the line youtube Uh beatles all these songs that we've heard a number of times and look at them a different way let us get something more from them and I said earlier you know I just thought that this was a wonderful feel-good song at the end of Wicked that gives you the goosebumps and your your eyes well up a little bit because it's you know it's just so powerful that they have come together in this way Mm -hmm. and then you start looking at all these lines a lot of them that you've brought up already about how you can insert your walk with Christ or your walk with your community or whatever mm-hmm. and make them mean something, you know, yeah. in that way. And uh, one, of, one of my favorite lines is when they say, um, you'll be with me like a like handprint a on my heart. heart. Mm-hmm. And you can go, I guess, a number of different ways with that or I guess two different ways is if you made a connection to me and you're not here anymore mm-hmm. with me physically or yeah. we're just far yeah. apart, yeah. you're still with me. And or we can go to the very surface, I guess, of Jesus is always, Jesus has put his handprint on our heart, on each and everybody's heart. And he he is always, he is always there. And now whatever way our stories end, I know Mm -hmm. you have rewritten mine by being my friend. And Mm -hmm. Jesus being our ultimate friend or whoever that person is in your life, that community, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the community that you share. Yeah. That people need to know that. I think that's that's such a powerful thing to know that you can make that kind of difference yeah. in other people's yeah. lives when I, you know, if I know you for two years or three years or four years or five years, who knows how that's going to change us? Yeah. But I can certainly say it's going to change in some way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be 
there's going to be that handprint on your heart. And I think that's also a challenge for us, right? To be that handprint on other people's hearts, like for them to remember, man, you know what? Like if I were were ever to have to leave a community or leave a job or leave something, what would I want people to say? I would want Mm -hmm. them to say, wow, you know, Wesley was like that. He's still with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to be like, well, glad that guy's gone. <laughs> right. See you later. He didn't do anything what to get to know. Name again? Yeah. <laughs> who, 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 is, who is that? I, he didn't do anything to get to know didn't me. Have to, two E's at the yeah, end of didn't his he spell name? his name so weird? So weird. <laughs> Gosh, his mom was just crazy. Didn't know how to spell names. You know, and yeah, I think, you know, handprints can be this like surface level thing, but I also think the way you're talking about it points to such the the depth that you can go with it and kind of that interior journey that we see so many monks and nuns mm. take and so like it actually made me start to think uh, as you talked about like the way that Christ's handprint is on our hearts like well when we do dive into it like I wonder what the whirls of the of his fingerprint looks like or what the <laughs> you know what is mm-hmm. the um, yeah, sure. There's the nails from the cross um, that you could study, but also he was a carpenter. I wonder what other nicks and um, mm. stories his hands would tell. You know, so it could also, I think, just speak to this beautiful language of how much time do we spend looking back at what's been imprinted on us, right. um, whether it's Christ or friendships that have been imprinted upon our hearts. Right. And I think uh, Daniel and I were talking a little bit before, because I was really struggling with this line. That's cheating. About talking Just before. It was yeah. cheating. Doing your homework. Before we get to the podcast. Yeah, don't, be, don't be ready don't for be... that. We were talking about this line that says, who can say if I've been changed for the better? Mm. And I kind of wrestled with that. I was like, does that does that jive? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Who, who can say if I've been changed for the better? Negative. But because yeah. I knew you, I've been changed for good. Yeah. And I think Daniel had a pretty good spin on it. Just it just to basically say relationships in your life don't always work out. Right. They're not always the best thing that they have for you. They're not always healthy. Right. Yeah. But but they ultimately do inform and shape who we are. Um, uh, the thing I love thematically throughout this entire song is that idea of sort of co-authorship. Whether that co-authorship mm-hmm. of our lives is something we connect to, to God's work in our midst and also to the interweaving of the relationships that are in our midst. Each and every one of them is, is at work and play so that hopefully at the end of the day we are able to say we may individual moments, individual times and places may not have changed us for the better, but they have changed us for good. Um, and, and I think sometimes in changing us for good, even in an unhealthy relationship, mm-hmm. right, it changes us for the better ultimately. Yeah. Right. I can think of, of working relationships over the years where, you know, I frankly was was shown in vivid detail how not to lead. And, and, and in the moment, it was terrible. It hurt. And people who I loved hurt. There was pain. There was heartache. I wanted to scream at the wall. Right. Yeah. And yet I hope and pray that as I continue to work and continue to pastor and continue to lead, that relationship, even though in the moment it didn't feel like it has changed me for better, it has changed me for good, right? Um, and, 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 and I think better equipped me, even if it's on the negative end of things, right? Mm-hmm. What not to do mm-hmm. um, with how to connect with people, how to lead people, how to mm-hmm. support and care for people as we grow together. And, and so I, I do think, you know, I know I can understand how that um, 
that line would would give you a little pause. My first um, encounter, the first time I heard that line again today, I was like, "Ooh, good turn of phrase," but but then I had to dive deeper with it, right? And it's because there's so much more depth to it than yeah. just yeah. Um, you know. I, could have been changed for better, but instead of a change for good, right? Or yeah, yeah. it's um, that better to have loved and lost. Is that how, how does that saying go? Yeah, better to have never loved, 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 loved at all. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also so from you know Patrick and I loving to garden. I've always really connected with the line like a seed dropped by a skybird in the distant wood because there was actually this um, this spring season. It was very early spring, and all of a sudden these. Um, just like sprouts started coming up in this bed that we hadn't planted anything yet. And we're like, is it weeds? Well, we don't need to plant in it yet. We'll just see what happens. And then like literally overnight, they grew into these gorgeous flowers. Um, and we came to learn a gardener's term for that, which is they're called volunteers. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that there was a bird that dropped a seed yeah. in that bed <laughs> that spread. And, and we let it overtake two of our garden beds because it was just this gorgeous flower that greeted you when you walked into mm-hmm. um, up yeah. into the Swesley House space. And so, like, I've, I've always loved that of that. It's sometimes the most unexpected, you know, when the the ship gets blown off of its path or the seed that's dropped um, in a distant wood or sure. or a city garden bed. Sure, uh, and you can and you can lead Jesus right back into all those places where you have if you have these things where you've gone off path. Mm-hmm. Jesus is there to walk by your side. Yeah. Or why worry about anything? Mm-hmm. Because aren't the lilies in the field clothed with everything? Yeah. Aren't they given this place yeah. to live and yeah. be? And why do you have to worry why about anything? Why do you because worry about what you will eat or drink exactly. or be or wear? Exactly. Here's yeah. here's the seed that had no place to go yet. Here it is, and it's beautiful, and it overtook mm-hmm. two places and was given yeah. everything it needed to give. Yeah. yeah. I feel a lot like a ship getting blown off course kind of a lot all the time. My course is constantly changing. I don't know if any of you – well, I know you here are, but those of you listening, I don't know if you're uh, – as big into the Enneagram as maybe some of the people sitting in around this table right now, but yes. as an Enneagram seven, um, hello, hello, Melissa. Shout out. <laughs> um, Daniel shakes his head for having two sevens on one right. staff. Yeah. Too many, yeah. too many, but, um, I don't know. I've, 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 it's helped me realize that the Enneagram language has helped me realize like all these phases that I've gone through in my life where I feel like I've been in this, like where they are at in this song, the crossroads they're at of like, okay, well we're, parting ways and like we just kind of have to face that and say like i don't know we've definitely been changed but i don't know like if that's changing for the better but i know i'm definitely changed and kind of uh i've been in that spot i think a lot when in these different communities i kind of have a tendency if i'm looking back over my life to like you know i am i appear to be like kind of all in somewhere and then it's like okay like on to the next thing like like after i've kind of used up whatever resources from that and so when i go to these new new places and I'm there for a time and then I'm at this crossroads again that can get a little bit tiresome and I'm trying I feel myself a lot of times actually now longing to like be somewhere and just exist and I think that the song is helpful in in getting that uh, and, and what we've talked about in the ways that we've brought Jesus into that conversation and the ways that we've brought God into that conversation is helpful for me to be like I can I can be that like anywhere and and you know things people come and go groups that you're a part of will come and go as well and that's kind of the season I'm in anyway. I just graduated college, and so I do feel this like, wow, I just left so much mm-hmm. what my life was for the last four years. 
Um, <clears throat> and perhaps the challenge of the song for where you are in life right now is what does it look to place those roots so that, yeah. you know, when you're faced with the, the challenge of a person or um, a new job career or whatever it may be that seems to kind of be like, oh, what right. are the unexpected challenges or things you didn't anticipate? Yeah. But to actually lean into those and what might become better. Yeah, and I think that's been the place that I've been able to be like, you know, the, the whole who can say if I've been changed for the better is like, it's almost like, that's not a question really worth asking sometimes because like that's that kind of defeats the purpose of you know like if we're going to talk about like tr- like placing faith in like a god that is good you know and like if if we have all of these things like like where we're going in our lives isn't really up to us anyway like we're just kind of like going um along this river and sometimes we go at this crossroads and we were talking before this podcast about how like when a river meets the boulder like it kind of like whatever drop of water i guess if we're going to follow one drop of water it doesn't exactly know which way it's going to go before it really hits that boulder and then you're going this way and all that kind of stuff and i feel a lot like that drop of water a lot of times so it's it's good to know that it's all just it's good to be in the river like that's kind of the Mm -hmm. i guess um what i get from this song so um this is where i'll drop in this fun fact about myself i actually got to see the original broadway cast of this in new york i know it's really rude but great transition i feel like i've pushed us each time. I, I, I don't think that that was a train. No, that I think was it's just a humble me. Brag. That's just, just all it is. Yeah. I don't think it was very humble okay, either. <laughs> I will say that I've seen it. You've seen I saw it, it so at Fair Park. It was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But seen I have not seen it. Yeah. I have not seen it on Broadway. But you know when? No, I'm just uh, But I think one of the conversations we've also had around this music is that there are things that create this music. And I feel like this is such a unique thing that you've brought to this conversation for us and bringing musicals to the conversation. Um, and I wonder, you know, in what ways musicals can teach us something about who God is um, or mm. where God's goodness is. One of the things that has always jumped out for me in, in the form of musicals is that you know, I, I love to sing. I try to be a joyful guy, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in a space, in the world of a musical is one of these kind of spaces where there are no words spoken except through song. Mm-hmm. When we talk about living the life of joy that, that God empowers us to and Christ calls us to, every time I find myself in a musical space, right? Whether it's one I'm just now encountering or I've heard a thousand times before, yeah. it the fact that we have to sing every, you know, even even the sad stuff, even the painful stuff, even the, you know, it's all sung, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, there's that additional level of joy. There's that additional level of just um, truth and authenticity and you know, emotive uh, connection that that you can't find if you're just speaking all the words all the time. Sure, I've I've struggled. I would I'd love to get into poetry. And I would, you know, read these words. And in college, I did this. I would just go and try to read these poetry books and just read through stuff. And I'd really, really, really struggle hard to get that feeling of what the poetry was about. And it was good. I could read some things. It was like, I liked that. I understood mm-hmm. that. I got, yeah. I got what that was going for. And I said, but I promise you, if you sang that exact same text, I would feel just a flood of other things. And I don't know if that's just my bent for what I am. But like I said, because you know words are powerful. Yeah. And you could read these words on the page just like they're sitting here in front of all of us. And I, they just don't feel the same as when they come out sung with all that emotion mm-hmm. and taken the very thing that we have to do every single minute of every single day and use our breath, the yeah. breath that fills our lungs, 
and use that to, with such an energy to deliver this song message, sung lyric, 100%. is just so much more powerful to me, and maybe it yeah. is to some other people. I, don't, I think that's where musicals line up for me. Man, is, you should like teach choir. You should or totally. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, should, I should turn this into a living or you something. Should. I think I'm going to leave the podcast and see how I can figure that out. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Well, I think even on the same front, like even you know, because poetry, even in a spoken word format, right, where somebody is embodying the emotion behind mm-hmm. it, even if it doesn't, in you know, intoned in quite the same way as it mm-hmm. is musically. It grips you in a different way than if you're just reading the reading words it, on yeah. a page. Because, yeah, um, cause, yeah I, I too had the time in college where I... Tr- and, and you probably mess up if you're trying really hard I guess that's it. to get in like yeah. poetry. I mean, yeah. it's probably it's something that you just have to experience and, and be. It's not something you right. can do and, I'm going to get this right. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that's the struggle of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Like that there's such beauty to so many of the Psalms. But like if I'm not reading the Psalm that isn't lining up with something that's just happened in my life, whether it's a pain or joyful thing, or if it's something I haven't heard sung, you know, like you can, you can have those same experiences with the Psalms. But I imagine that if someone would put each of the Psalms to music, Kiefer's like, like, oh, I'm (laughs) So what I heard was Kiefer and I are going to sing every one of the Psalms. Yeah. yeah. So at the back of the hymnal, the the Psalter is is in tone. You heard the Shane and Shane Psalms album that they did? Right. Yeah. Well, I need to go listen. But anyways, you know what I mean? Just like, I imagine there. That's too Christian for Melissa to listen to. Oh, right, right. Sorry. It's not not, not adjacent (laughs) enough. (laughs) I like Shane and Shane. I like their voices a lot. But like, that I think there are other psalms that would have spoken quicker to my soul, at least, if they had come in the form of music. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear from y'all, and, and you too, Melissa, mm-hmm. even though you describe yourself as a non-musician. I, I've heard you sing around the office um, <laughs> and survived. Um, survived. You talk about that little inner voice, that, that mm-hmm. inner critic and whatever that is sort of always going on, always examining everything in our lives. For me, when I sing especially if I'm singing something that's deeply familiar and known, that voice shuts up. <clears throat> that voice <clears throat> turns off. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and when we talk about, you know, be still and know that I am God, right, that admonition to just be present, I'm a whole lot better able to do that when it's as if the music is the, the white noise that tunes out that part of my brain that always wants to overly deeply examine things, right? Because, you know, I, that impulse to go, man, is that theology whack or what, is in me all the time. But, you know, when I don't care about it, it's if the music's really good. Mm-hmm. If the match between the lyric and the tone is really good, I will end up singing stuff in worship that if somebody preached it, I would just clinch so tightly. <laughs> Yeah. But because I'm singing it, that inner critic turns off, right? Yeah. Because it's more of an expression of um, the true kind of joy and heart that lies within rather than just a purely intellectual, critical kind mm-hmm. of space. Yeah. I'm going to use one of your favorites, which is Rob Bell. Okay. So I got yeah, to yeah. hear him. So I've talked about this in our Vine worship space with this uh um, series because I deeply feel it. And yes, I claim not to be some talented singer because I'm not, but I still do love music and I still sing out on Sunday mornings and around my house and around the office. 
I have no shame that I sing poorly. I just acknowledge that I sing poorly. Um, and also occasionally I sing it with a ukulele in hand. Hey. Fun fact. I've uh, heard people sing poorly. Mm-hmm. You don't sing poorly. Well, thank you. you. Well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the uh, I went to David Crowder. He did this once, and I so wish he would have done it more times. He put on a thing called the Fantastical Church Music Conference. And quick side tangent, my favorite things, some of my favorite things about it was when you checked in, you got an Altoid tin that had everything you needed to know for the entire um, conference (laughs) contained in it. It was awesome. And then it was still when... Twitter was younger. It was at a younger stage and they would have these things like, Hey, hashtag this. And if you like find all these things around campus or whatever, um, and hashtag it, you might win a prize. The prizes were, so you got an Altoid 10 and you got a matchbox that had it. When you open the matchbox, it had the conference guide, like the times the speakers, like it was, it's impressive. I kept it. I'll have to bring it up here. Okay. Um, it, it's very small, but it was legible. It was crazy. But anyways, if you won the Twitter things, you won things like, here are all the bags of the Altoids that we emptied out of the tins. Or here's all the matchsticks we emptied out of all the matchboxes that we purchased. That's hilarious. Um, but they had all these speakers that came um, that aren't musicians that spoke, right? They had all these incredible music, but also these speakers. And they asked all the speakers to answer the same question. And it was, why do we sing? And Rob Bell's take on it that stuck with me to this day is that we need day language and we need night language. Day Mm. language is when two plus two must equal four. Mm. Uh, Night language is when metaphor can reign and our words don't stop Mm. us and don't get in our way. And he brought David Crowder out at this point and Rob Bell also can play electric guitar and they both just start playing things and then rob will be like hey sing a line from the song and so david would sing something like you know what was said to the rose to make it unfold like that's not a question you ask in the day that's a question you ask through song and i think that's what music um has such a talent for doing um is allowing us to get past our logical selves when we come to god and it allows us so for me when i sing um it's me shutting up my own boxes I put on God mm. and allowing myself to be present in the overwhelming nature and how much I don't know of who God is, but in a very comforting way. That can also sound terrifying, but it can also be a very comforting practice. Sure. Well, it helps remind you of the truth that we've been affirming these last five weeks that Paul names to the leaders in Athens, right? In God we live, move, yep. and exist. Right? Mm-hmm. That there's no box there. Yeah. There, there's no box to nope. existence, um, and yet there is radical presence in the midst of that too. Yeah. Right. So, what about y'all? I don't know. I think, as quote unquote professionals, sometimes it's difficult for us mm, to. You get too close. Well, you get a little too close. You kind of judge your own quality of singing. But I will say, I will say that. Inside of an actual, I I love I love to perform, and get in front of people and mm-hmm. and do that because I think there is a sense of when you get up in front you can kind of let go of all that stuff that Daniel was talking about mm-hmm. in the back. There's no more 
second guessing the story. You get to let your body and your soul and your life live in through the through the text mm-hmm. that you're going to deliver to somebody. And if I truly believe what I said earlier about it, just it's just so much more meaningful for me to hear somebody sing or to hear somebody perform it to me. It means something more to my soul, to my brain, to whatever that is. Yeah. And then I can see the faces of who I'm performing to. And you can tell mm-hmm. that it's touching them in a different yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the most powerful, like, get out of your head moment mm-hmm. is when you're singing to someone and you can really tell when yeah. they got it. You've yeah. touched somebody. Mm-hmm. You've gotten into their soul. The song, the words, the lyrics have really spoken to them. And then, oh, man, can you really shut it off at that point and really just let the Holy Spirit, let your let the text speak right. for itself, let yeah. your energy speak through that song i think that that happens that happens more often than not for me that's kind of what i that's kind of what i would look for it's like am i reaching am i reaching those people and there Mm, there's probably a sense of it too when you're doing your sermons there may be some feeling of when you when you look out to the crowd 100 percent, and it's the same as singing or performing Mm -hmm. when somebody is not connected to your words yeah you you know Yeah. When someone's not connected to your spirit, and when they are, when you get that hearty amen mm-hmm. at the end, yeah, or yeah. you know it, and you know that you've kind of gotten into that space. I don't know. For me, when I'm participating in the like corporate worship experience as like a congregant, or like as somebody that's like there just to be there, like especially like if I I actually attended traditional services growing up. Um, like contemporary was new to like a contemporary service for adults was new to me when I went to college. That was like, I I didn't ever really experience that. And then obviously I also grew up playing guitar and stuff and now found, Oh, I can actually participate in that in this way. But when I'm singing hymns, particularly like when I'm in a, when I'm in a congregation singing, just singing along with hymns, it's very easy for me to just kind of like get lost in the community of it. And it becomes less and less and less and less. And this might be like, counterintuitive but it becomes less about the words that i'm singing and like what i'm saying and more about the sentiment of what we're lifting up all together like more about the spirit of it i guess um but it's the it's i and i will i'll just admit it's been actually kind of the opposite struggle as i've been a worship leader from for more and more years I, i it's like in my head i get this about like it's all about the words we're singing and the words have to like mean the right things to all the right people. And they have to like, we, this is what I say. And if I say this, because music, I kind of view as like a really powerful tool for it's like the hammer metaphor is like, it's really powerful tool to build or to destroy. Like it is the, it's like I, I have as a musician in the service, like I'm the one backing up like emotionally what everything else, everything else that's happening in a service. And so I get like, I can get really caught up in my head about like, okay, when we sing this line from this song, does, you know, this, are, does this person mean the same thing? Does this mean the same thing to this person as this person? And are, are we all actually like being of one mind and one, like one accord? And like, am I like reinforcing like negative things sometimes? Or am I like, re- I would hope I'm reinforcing positive things all the time. And, and like, I don't know, I get a little bit caught up in like the nomenclature of like what exactly we're saying. And I forget that like whenever, whenever I'm doing that, it's not, it's not even about that. It's about lifting up just this, a spirit of togetherness and a spirit of, you know, all kind of looking the same direction in a very general sense. Like we're sort of looking at, you know, God and Christ and going, how do I take another step in that direction uh, today? Um, and so, yeah, I, and, but when on, a, on most days are good days when I'm doing it. And the vine has been a, an incredible place for me to just kind of, kind of 
be a good with the band is great and the the room like i step away from the mic often i don't know if y'all mm-hmm. is that noticeable <laughs> do that yeah. to me i'm like oh they can't hear me anyway they're all singing so loud <laughs> but <laughs> but i'll step away from the mic when i can really hear and I'll, and i just kind of want it's like i i i'm always longing to like be participating with everyone else singing like i don't i, I have this like i really want to just step away and hear my voice as part of the part of the everybody's voice rather than you know me like leading i, I don't know I have a, I have to step way often because I like to be kind of part of the room that's I think happening. that's one of the incredible things of, of live music performances, whether it's Sunday morning, whether it's a musical, is the community that it builds. Mm-hmm. Um, that whether it's, you know, us congregationally singing a hymn or a contemporary song on Sunday morning, the way that you know, as you hear yourself singing and you hear the person you love or don't even know very well behind you singing or next to you singing or the way in musicals, how you, your enjoyment of it. And you can tell that the person next to you is enjoying what's, you know, Mm -hmm. being delivered on stage can put you in that connection with people. It's just one of those powerful things that reminds us of, um, what is not only our call to love God with everything that we have, but also to love our neighbor and to be in connection with them that we're just never going to get if it's just on the screen. Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, the power of, of living in community. I mean, I think it's the power of what we see uh, mirrored for us in the song, go back to where we started, right? Mm -hmm. That connection, whether it's fostered through song, through shared experience, through those moments where you're just in it in life together and you know you're going to be different because of yeah. that time and that space, it, it's a powerful opportunity that we have been given to more fully enter um, the love of God and more fully connect to our love of neighbor mm-hmm. just through that sense of community. Thank you for allowing me to be your guest and bring my song uh, for good to you guys. I had a blast. And just so you know, as cheesy and corny as it sounds, I think it's a good way to end uh, because I knew and know each one of you. I know that I have been changed for good. So thank Duh. you very much. Thanks, <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you for gathering with us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Kiefer. And once again, thank you so much for um, listening with us, for gathering with us. We uh, are so um, delighted to see how many people listen to this on a weekly basis and, and how people are talking about it in the in our community. Um, and, and we just love to see people sharing it and, and getting it out there. And, we, and uh, the best way you can share it is... Uh, to leave a review or a comment on uh, SoundCloud and on, on Apple Podcasts where you can be found. And uh, that'll just help to kind of boost um, this community and, and bring more people in so that we can have more cool conversations like the ones we've been having. And now that we've gathered together on the podcast, I'm going to invite you to a moment of growth. This week, as you go into your week and encounter life in all of its myriad forms, its joys, its concerns, its its heartaches, and its celebrations. I invite you to go into it with eyes open. Eyes open for new opportunities at relationships. Eyes open at who is in your midst, who might come and leave a handprint on your heart so that, that you might be open to a new relationship, a new opportunity, a new way in which you, 
you can love God and love your neighbor. And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out this week. As you go, may you encounter God in the community that surrounds you. May you receive Jesus in the new way that you dive in to discover something new about that handprint upon your heart. And may you encounter the Holy Spirit as the one that goes with you in the river, no matter what boulder may be found in the midst of your streams. May you go in peace this week, now and always. Amen.